Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Hey, Penn State football fans, Johnny McGonigal is with me, Bob Flounders. Day lovely Tuesday. It's all Big Ten week. Penn State finished season 10 and 2. Whooped up on Michigan State pretty good. We await their bowl fate, Johnny, uh, because it's also championship week. and It's going to be dependent on how that plays out. But we had some big news already this week, some good news. If you're a Penn State fan, a prominent Penn State player who is draft eligible has come out and told, I believe, ESPN that he will return for another year. I think it's a great sign for Penn State's offense. Johnny, in 2023. Yeah, Bob, Olu Fashionu, uh, that re- that uh, report came out from ESPN. And then a couple minutes later, you know, he released a statement himself uh, on Twitter announcing that he is going to be skipping uh, the 2023 NFL draft in April and deciding to come back uh, for another season at Penn State. It's huge news. Uh, he's a guy who, as a first-year starter, only 19 years old, in eight games, you know, across the NFL, across the NFL draft community, established himself as arguably the top offensive line prospect in the NFL draft. You know, just they're looking at his potential, his quickness, his athleticism, his intelligence, everything about Olu Fashion, who screamed, you know, top 10 pick as long as he went through the pre-draft process on, on you know, without a hitch and all that. And now Penn State gets a guy like that back, which is just, you know, we're going to talk about it now. It's it's really massive for, you know, their 2023 hopes for everyone around them and that offensive line specifically. Yeah. And uh, we, we had talked during his breakout year. He hasn't played. He's been dealing with a medical issue uh, since the late stages of the Ohio State game. So he hasn't really played down the stretch for Penn State. But we saw him out on the field walking around with his teammates uh, during that heated land grant, land grant trophy battle uh, last Saturday. Uh, he's coming back, and yeah, it's he was definitely maybe one of the one of the biggest surprises of the Big Ten season, and it really his first year as starter. He started the uh, he started the Outback Bowl, or what used to be the Outback Bowl, in Penn State's loss to Arkansas when Rasheed Walker was hurt. He moved in as the permanent starter on the left side in 2022. Hit the ground running, really good, especially in pass protection. But there weren't too many defensive ends uh, that had any kind of success against Olu, whether it was Auburn's defense, whether it was, you know, Michigan or Ohio, you know, during the Ohio State game before he got hurt. Just a very solid player, athletic. James Franklin talked all season about his play strength, his ability to recover when he's initially beaten. It's rare for a young left tackle to be like that. I kind of really thought he might go, honestly, just because of, you know, what some people were saying about him. Johnny, I know that James Franklin uh, had talked about he had a meeting with his parents and Olu late in the season before he made his decision, called it very productive. Uh, I wonder if maybe James knew all along that this was going to be the decision, but it is great news. And we can talk a little bit, uh, I think, about what this offensive line could potentially look like now with him back. 
Yeah. And look, just going to his decision, it was a difficult one. I'm sure it's not one he took lightly. And it's not like it was just one conversation with James Franklin and Phil Troutwine and Olu and his family. This is something that's been talked about, you know, for a while now over the last few weeks. And, uh, you know, James Franklin a few weeks ago said that, you know, Olu's phone has been blowing up, you know, agents reaching out, you know, trying to, trying to get him, you know, not only signed, but to, to declare and to go. And, uh, it's difficult for a kid like that when you're hearing first round grades and top 10 pick grades uh, from respected NFL, you know, draft analysts and that kind of stuff. It's hard to say no to that. I mean, you look at last year, Iki Ekwanyu, the you know top taken tackle, the kid out of NC State, you know, six overall, the Panthers signed a contract four years, 27 million. Uh, it is hard to turn down that kind of money and that kind of potential. But you know, Olu is a guy who really values his education. You know, that was something that was um, that, that's just been you know persistent throughout this process is that, you know, him getting his degree, which he's I believe is in line to do in the fall. That means a lot. You know, James Franklin called him a potential academic All-American. So he's he's a guy who's got his good, you know, good head on his shoulders. It is really hard to turn down that kind of money. And we've talked about that before. But this is just really big for for Penn State's offense um, as a whole. This is a guy who. You know, across the board, you know, you look at, you know, just in terms of draft analysts and guys, they, they just love his tape. Uh, you know, I talked to Dane Brugler earlier in the month about Olu and he just raved about him. I mean, he, you know, Olu kind of came out of nowhere. He wasn't on anyone's like preseason top 50 lists or anything like that. But, you know, Dane Brugler, the athletic had him at number five overall in his midseason rankings, uh, the top offensive lineman. And you don't see you know guys you know, rank that highly making that kind of decision to come back for an extra year or so. A surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. And if there was anything good, Johnny, that came out of Olu missing uh, a significant uh, amount of time, as as we said, you know, we last saw him in the Ohio State game. Uh, Penn State went on a nice little run without him in November, going four and zero. But with him out, Penn State had a decision to make on another talented young, <clears throat> excuse me, offensive lineman, Drew Shelton, who essentially replaced. Olu in the lineup at left tackle, a true freshman left tackle, which is even rarer than Olu himself. And so now Penn State, I don't want to say they have an embarrassment of riches along the offensive line. That's a phrase I've never uttered during James Franklin's time in State College because it's always been the area that's caused the biggest concern, and James would admit that. But if you look potentially at what might be coming back, not only at tackle, but also inside at the guard spots, Hunter Norzad. The Cornell transfer has already announced he's going to come back. Um, he's a guy that got a lot of starting experience down the stretch when another young player, Landon Tengwall, uh, had season-ending injury in the uh, pregame warm-ups of the Michigan game. Dare I say this offensive line could be a strength of the team in 2023? I think with Olu coming back, it will be. Uh, the only thing is there's a couple of loose ends still right now where Drew Scruggs, the center, and Bryce Effner, who's been starting at right tackle, really for the last month or so with Caden Wallace hasn't played uh, in a while. And we don't know his status, whether he's, you know, he's been warming up and just not playing in recent weeks. Uh, but Bryce Effner and Juice Scruggs both walked uh, during senior day uh, this past weekend ahead of the Michigan state game. And, you know, we've seen guys walk and just come back, you know, they have eligibility. Both those guys can play in 2023. Those are just decisions they'll have to make, whether they want to, you know, wrap up their college career, move on to the next or come back. Uh, and you know, with Olu coming back, you would think that that would maybe be a little bit even more of an incentive for those two to to you know really bring this offensive line to maybe be one of the best in the you know one of the best in the Big Ten, you know one of the best in the country. 
you know, with Olu coming back. So uh, I think that it, it would be a big boost uh, for Penn State if they're able to get Juice and Bryce back, as well as you mentioned Hunter Norzad, you mentioned uh, Landon Tangwall, Sal Wormley, as well at right guard uh, with, with plenty of eligibility remaining. So this is an offensive line that, you know, coming into this year was, an, was a question mark. And after Olu's injury, after Landon's injury, the way that they've been able to continue to, you know, churn out results and uh, and play and Drew Shelton's development is huge in that. Uh, I think you're going to look at you're going to have a deep room uh, next year and, and want a lot of talent. Yeah. And Penn State fans, just be on the lookout. Right. This Johnny, this December month in the age of the transfer portal, in the age of opting out of bowl games, all that stuff to get ready for the draft. Penn State fans, keep keep your eyes and ears uh, peeled because there's going to be some announcements, probably good and bad, regarding Penn State. I don't know that they're going to be lucky enough to keep the entire team, you know, in state college for another year. I'm sure there's some other talented players weighing decisions, but this offensive line, all the players you mentioned, including Sal Wormley, they also have a very talented 2023 recruiting class, which you know, which with a lot of promising offensive linemen in that group and you add in some other players i think that they really they wanted to redshirt this year they hoped they could redshirt them but they also knew that if they had to play them uh, i think they were really confident that they would have gotten the job done like a guy like i always get this guy's name vega i own i think is his name power player inside i think they were able so far to be i know he played against michigan state but i think they were able to protect his red shirt they really really have their ducks in a row now on that offensive line, you talk about the freshman running backs they have. I mean, we expect back at Penn State, you know, next year. And this offense really, really has to look at something special. They're going to have a new starting quarterback. I know the Penn State fan base is excited about that. Another young player, right? So this offense really trending in the right direction. And I think it really, I, I think that Olu's announcement, really, what a pleasant surprise. And this, Johnny, this should have the fan base awfully excited about 2023. Yeah, the 2023 hype, you know, hype train is leaving the station, Bob. I mean, it's it's get on now because you mentioned the, the young guys that they have up front. You know, you mentioned Vague Ione, but uh, also JB Nelson has gotten some good reps in there from Lackawanna coming in. Uh, you mentioned the 2023 potential signees, guys who are verbally committed right now, Alex Birchmeyer and uh, and Javon Williams being the you know really the headliners of the class, both being offensive linemen, and then of course you know Nick Singleton and Katron Allen two true freshmen who have just been, I mean, they, they're forming one of the best running back duos in the country, let alone just true freshmen uh, making big 10 history this year, both rushing for over 700 yards. First time that has happened that the big 10 has had a true freshman duo do that. And so they're, you know, making history this year and, and it's not even with, you know, an, an offense that you, you could see, you see it being more explosive next year with Drew Aller at quarterback. And we don't know what Parker Washington's going to do. That's something to keep an eye on. We don't know, what other departures uh, there might be on this roster, but specifically on the offense, you know, even if Washington leaves, the wide receiver room is really deep in a sense that there's just a lot of guys and a lot of mouths to feed. And, you know, the tight end room is the same. And so you mentioned the portal, uh, the, the transfer portal officially opens December 5th, uh, but you're going to see guys even in the buildup to that. We've already seen it uh, across the country, not specifically at Penn state, but, you know, guys will be announcing that, hey, I'm entering the portal uh, so that when the portal opens on December 5th, that they're ready and coaches are ready to 
recruit them and all that kind of good stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm expecting plenty of announcements, whether it's guys leaving for the draft, coming back, uh, but also leaving the program and coming into the program. Because there's some guys out there, too, in the the portal that Penn State's going to be after. Let's deal with, I think, what Penn State fans really want to talk about. Let's talk about some potential Penn State players who are draft eligible that legitimately have decisions to make because we believe not only will they be, they, could they be drafted, but they could get drafted, you know, fairly high and kind of where we think maybe they sit. If we stay, Johnny, if we stay on the offensive side, two names maybe we could talk about. You mentioned Parker Washington already, just completed his third season at Penn State, uh, had a huge game against Ohio State, productive player all three years at Penn State, classic build for a slot receiver in the NFL, runs great routes. He was open a lot this year. He didn't always get the ball. Uh, I think Penn State fans know what I'm talking about. He knows how to get open. Uh, he's he's really strong after the catch. He's a guy I think, you know, he, we're going to kind of be wary of maybe what he might do. And another guy I wanted to talk about is Brenton Strange, the tight end. I believe this he just completed, you know, going into the bowl game. I think this was his fourth year at Penn State. You know, if Olu Fashano was maybe the biggest surprise on the Penn State offense this year, I think you can make a pretty strong case that Brenton Strange all-around development was really maybe maybe a close second uh, as far as because you know we had a we had a feeling those young runners were going to be pretty good and they they probably exceeded expectations. They were clearly two talented players and they were getting a lot of praise uh, in the offseason. Brenton Strange, though, not just as a receiver but as a blocker, I think he really developed into one of the better tight ends in the country. And I'm just curious to see what maybe he's going to do. Yeah, you mentioned him as a blocker. And I think that's what stood out to me most this season is we kind of knew that Brenton Strange had the athleticism and the security blanket kind of vibe to him, uh, given you know his his longstanding relationship in the program and, and, uh, and with Sean Clifford. Specifically, we saw what he could do after the catch in the first game against Purdue. And we knew that he was going to be a big part of this offense really after that. But his development as a blocker, and we really saw it at Auburn and, and from then on take off, you know, him opening up the right side for Nick Singleton down on the plains. And uh, he just continued to improve in that, er- that area. And, you know, sometimes with these guys who have been around programs for four or five years, sometimes, you, you know, you're just kind of ready. And I think he's going to have an NFL future where he gets drafted or where he ends up. You know, that's totally up to you know, the next few months and, and all that kind of stuff, the draft prep and combine, all that kind of stuff. You know, factors in so heavily to that. Uh, but I, I do agree that he has developed into one of the more well-rounded tight ends, at the very least in the Big Ten, and if not the country. And and with regards to Parker Washington, I really think his injury just plays so you know, such a big factor in all of this. And, uh, you know, we don't know the specific, like, you know, James Franklin doesn't give us the specifics of all this. But again, looking at the timeline a bit, you know, Parker uh, you know, didn't travel to Rutgers uh, after that game, James Franklin announced that, hey, he's out for the season. Uh, so he missed the Michigan State game. He won't be available for the bowl game. Really from, you know, so he got injured in between, somewhere in between that Maryland, because he played against Maryland and the Rutgers game. You take it from that point you know, to the bowl game, which is going to be late December, early January. I mean, that's at least a six-week injury. And at that point, if you're talking about something more severe, you know, these guys go right in after the bowl game, start preparing for the combine, uh, which is in February. And so if he misses that time, I mean, that is huge uh, when it comes to draft prep. So if he comes back based off of that, potentially, again, we, we don't know the severity of it necessarily. But if that if that timeline is even further along and he decides to come back, I mean, that's a huge boost 
uh, for Penn State's offense to have their leading receiver and a guy who behind Jahan Dotson last season, you know, still racked up 800 yards. And, and this year was obviously so good against Ohio State and flash against Minnesota. It really that to have that kind of security blanket, um, not only in the running game, but also in the passing game, your top receiver for Drew Aller. I think that'd be huge. I mean, I think there is a chance. I don't know how good of a chance there is, but there's a chance that Penn State's literally their entire offense could, with the exception of Sean Clifford, could be back. You mentioned the offensive line guys who have decisions to make, but do also have eligibility left. They have the young running backs. They have three pretty, pretty darn good tight ends that, you know, if they return, holy mackerel. Uh, the offensive line, Parker Washington at receiver. Keandre Lambert-Smith had a very nice game to close out the regular season against Michigan State. Uh, they feel really good about Trey Wallace. You know, Mitchell Tinsley was a, was a transfer portal addition that really helped, especially early and then in the middle of the season. But he has played a lot of football with or without him. That's a gifted room with Parker Washington if he decided to come back. This could be a really dangerous offense, even with uh, – un- he's not untested, but, you know, he just lacks starting experience, Drew Aller, uh, at quarterback. But, man, he is certainly a physically gifted quarterback more talented physically I think clearly than Sean James Franklin talked about Sean's intangibles and getting the protection set and changing things at the line of scrimmage and you know really his intelligence has his has his superpower but I'll tell you Drew Aller's superpower is his physical gifts right now and they are impressive it's not just the offensive line this whole offense you know you think about that thing coming back and boy they would become not only a force in the Big Ten but a force nationally yeah, the only guy that we know for sure is gone outside of Sean Clifford is Mitchell Tinsley, the transfer from Western Kentucky. He's out of eligibility, second leading receiver on this team. And, and he's been so clutch on third downs this year. A uh, really sneaky player, you know, a very nice contributor. And I think he's done a nice job uh, after transferring over. But, you know, you lose those two guys, even, even, behind, even if you lose both Parker and Mitchell Tinsley, there's a lot of talent in that wide receiver room. Uh, you know, we mentioned before the freshmen, you know, it's kind of kind of a bit of a log jam. Well, that's a good problem to have uh, if you're Taylor Stubblefield and you're James Franklin and Mike Yarsich just to have uh, an abundance of options. Amari Evans has played in, I think, all but one game uh, this this season as a true freshman. And, you know, he, so he's seen a lot of snaps. He's seen a lot of ball. Uh, even guys like Caden, Caden Saunders, who's incredibly talented, Anthony Ivey, uh, Christian Driver making the switch. He's been playing back and forth between defense uh, and offense this season. Son of Donald Driver uh, is going to be sticking at receiver, at least for now. And, and uh, Tyler Johnson in there as well. And you're going to add uh, a guy or two in, in the 23 class. You know, they had Rodney Gallagher, uh, the 2023 uh, West Virginia commit on campus um, this past weekend. And, you know, everything's kind of going to crap in in, uh, in Morgantown right now, which could be Penn State's gain of Gallagher, who's a super you know talented and fast kid from the Pittsburgh area. If he ends up flipping, uh, that'd be big to add him to the class with Carmelo Taylor as well. So uh, a lot of a lot of moving part, but a lot of good parts, like a lot of parts to work with uh, for 2023 and 24. If you're really looking looking way ahead, but this offense has the makings of a really good one in 23, and so does the defense too. This is the Blue-White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. We only get a chance really uh, to chat once a week on the Blue-White Breakdown. We have a couple minutes here yet. Let's talk real quick about 
a couple of defensive players. And also I want to circle back to two offensive players just to get our thoughts kind of locked in. Because like you said, things tend to go fast and furious. Decisions get made in a hurry. You never know when they're coming. So, so Johnny, on the defensive side, a couple of names I wanted to throw out for you. Adisa Isaac at defensive end. Uh, you look at his numbers at the end of the year, they're pretty good. But for me, he was he had a couple of really big games, and then he had a couple of games that are like didn't show up, barely showed up on the stat sheet. Very talented player, missed 2021, I think with an Achilles injury. So it probably took him some time to really feel comfortable. But he certainly flashed legit skills as an edge rusher, especially in the Auburn game early. He was productive, I think, in the last four games of this season. He's a guy we could talk about. Joey Porter Jr. came back and played against Michigan State, I thought, which is a very a very interesting sign. Uh, you know, he could have easily, all the praise he's getting, he could easily just shut it down if he was really thinking about, you know, the NFL. He's a player that I'm, you know, kind of very interested in. Three more names for you. Curtis Jacobs, the outside linebacker. Also, even though they didn't play a lot, Caden Wallace and Kevon Lee uh, really disappeared from the Penn State team. James made it, and James suggested that they both have been dealing with injury issues. Of those five players, where did you want to start? Yeah, let's start with Joey Porter because I think it's the most obvious thing. I, I think he's probably off to the NFL. He should be. And this is a guy who's been, you know, we talk about Olu and, and how young he is. He's 19. Joey Porter's been around the program now for for a bit longer, right? He's a fourth-year guy and has played a lot of football, whereas Olu is just in his first year starting. Um, Joey Porter seems like the kind of kid who – you know, if he can play, he's going to play. And so that's why, you know, coming back from that appendicitis, which was, you know, I was a little surprised he played in the Michigan State game. But then at the same time, you know him and you know his, his drive to be, just be on the field and, and you understand it. I think he's going to the NFL. I think he's super talented. He's been thrown away from all season long since the Purdue game. He was targeted 14 times against Purdue. The next seven games, he was targeted 14 total times. Teams got wise. They were like, all right, we're not going to throw at number nine. And I think NFL teams see that, and I think it's a it's a pretty obvious choice for him. Obviously, Penn State would love to have him back, but uh, I think he's I think he's gone. In terms of Adisa Isaac, that's one where I feel like he could come back and improve. And the same with Curtis Jacobs too. Both those guys I feel like could come back and improve and get more consistent, especially in Adisa's case. You know, again coming back from that injury earlier in the season, um, it took him some time to get into the swing of things. Three tackles for loss uh, against Auburn, which was really nice, and, and you like to see that. But then from that point on, you know, he's had four tackles for loss the last four weeks. Um, but I think one combined, you know, two half tackles for loss against you know, Central Michigan, North, Northwestern, Michigan, Minnesota, and Ohio State. And if you're NFL scouts, you want to see him do it against Ohio State and against Michigan. And he really didn't. So I think you'd like to see more consistency out of him, uh, as well as Curtis Jacobs, too. And just as a you know, from a Penn State fan perspective, if you're looking at that defense, you just want to see Curtis Jacobs and Abdul Carter working together for another season at linebacker after seeing the way that Abdul grew uh, in that position as well. So if they can get those two guys back, which I think would be in their best interest uh, to come back, I think I think that would be a huge boon for you know, Manny Diaz as long as he's around uh, and its defense. My sense, though, watching just watching Kevon Lee and and Caden Wallace the last the second half of the regular season. They were in uniform a lot. They didn't play. I I don't know what the deal is. Johnny, I just got a sense, though, that I think Kevon Lee was a third-year player who obviously see, has, sees the writing on the wall, right? Like, it's going to be real tough to get playing time at Penn State when you have 
uber talents like Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. So and even Caden Wallace with with Bryce Effner playing well, with Drew Sh- Drew Shelton showing that he could handle the big stage, and with Olu coming back. You know, I don't know for sure, but it sure they sure seem like transfer portal candidates to me. And maybe maybe that had something to do with maybe why they disappeared a little bit, especially late in the season. If, if they were gonna tr- if they were gonna try the portal, they certainly don't want to get hurt at Penn State and then not be able to play uh, next year. Kevon Lee can clearly play it somewhere. It's just tough for him to play at Penn State. I'm not so sure about Caden Wallace because even before he disappeared, he was not playing well. And this was a guy that I thought in 2020 and early in 2021 could be a really good player. So I'm not sure what he is thinking, but I think Kevon Lee, if you're Kevon Lee, you want to go someplace where you could play a more prominent role, I think, in the running game. I think those two have some decisions to make. They they may have already made them, but they were there were time, there were times when they were good players at Penn State. But I just think with if you look at the depth chart and how Penn State's recruited and developed, uh, there might not be any room at in the at the end for those two. Yeah, I agree with you on both those. With Kevon, um, just a quick note because uh, I guess it was a couple weeks ago he tweeted saying, "Oh, he's going to be back from his injury with a the hashtag We Are." You know, I know people read into stuff like that all the time, and so you just have to mention that. Um, but if he ended up leaving, wouldn't blame him at all and would totally understand it because that's a situation where, like you said, he's not going to be getting snaps over Nick Singleton and <laughs> Kayvon Allen. That's just that's just the reality. That, that's how it is. And another another guy, too, to mention is Christian Veyer because very obvious that he's not going to be getting snaps over Drew Aller. You know, Drew Aller came in, you know, somewhat surprisingly took the backup job from week one. Whenever we've seen him, you know, again, he, he's looked like a freshman sometimes, but then sometimes it's like, yeah, that's a five-star kid. Like that that's the future of your program. You know, you think about the throw, the touchdown to the back of the end zone to Trey Wallace at Indiana, like moments like that. You're like, okay, that that kid is going to be the starter next year unequivocally. Uh and so Vayer, if if you want to play, you know, if he's fine being the backup at Penn State and being one injury away from starting for the Nittany Lions, fair enough. That's totally fine. But if you want to play right away or have a you know really have a sh- a chance to compete for a starting job uh this spring, it's transfer portal time, right? And and that's the scenario where I'm sure James Franklin knows it's coming. I'm sure everyone in the program w- would understand and know it's coming uh, because you also have uh, Bo Perbula in the room who came in with Aller. And I actually think he's in a fine spot. I've been asked about him transferring. And I actually think Bo Perbula, who tran- or redshirted this year uh, while Aller's been playing. So Aller, if he lives up to his potential and everything, you know, would be gone in maybe two or three years. But Bo Perbula is a guy who can be around for you know, four more years and potentially start, you know, going into what, 2025. Again, we're looking way down the line. Uh, but Veyer is a guy that I would not be surprised in, in the coming days if, if he announced a transfer. Yeah. And what we're really trying to say, Johnny, is even though the regular season's over, December is a crazy month. If you're a Penn State football fan, a player, a coach, there's going to be movement. You don't know when it's going to happen, but rarely do things stay the same. And sometimes there's going to be surprises. They'll be pleasant. They could also be, you know, disappointments if players move on or they enter the transfer portal. You just never know what's going to happen. Players are free to kind of, you know, set their own market. And if if, if, if they see time or they see an opportunity somewhere else, uh, I mean, you, I think you got to wish them the best. But I think the month of December, especially if you're a Penn State fan, you want to you want to stay close to uh, your computer and Penn Live because between myself and Johnny, there's going to be a lot to talk about. The next couple of weeks, it's player movement. It could be coaching movement. There's awards that need to be won. 
Penn State's going to figure prominently in some of those. There is a gigantic championship weekend looming, which will impact Penn State and where they're going to play their bowl game. They finished 10-2. and Johnny, they secured the land-grant trophy. They go 4-0 in November. The teams that beat them were really, really good teams. I mean, they were clearly Michigan was just better than Penn State, and that's proven out to be nothing fluky about that. They, they put it to Ohio State in Columbus. Ohio State found a way to beat Penn State late on the road. Kudos to them. But Penn State, you know, the rest of the way, they beat some good teams. To win at Auburn is not easy. They made it look easy. To rally to win at Purdue, who is now in the Big Ten title game, another, I think, feather in Penn State's cap. And they beat the teams they were supposed to beat. And you see, you look across the landscape, and that doesn't always happen. There's always upsets. Penn State took care of business, very deserving to be 10-2. and two, And hopefully they'll get a just reward. Penn State fans, stay close to Penn Live this week and beyond because we're going to have a ton of news. Hopefully most of it's good. Johnny, anything else you're watching out for in the short term as we turn the page to December? I think the big thing is just the bowl destination because there are so many moving parts uh, with that, I'm in the process of writing something up ahead of the CFP rankings uh, that come out Tuesday night, uh, and those will have a big impact on where Penn State goes, and obviously this this weekend as well. It feels like Penn State is locked into a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, there is a couple of wild scenarios in which they might not um, make that, and I'll, I'll outline those in that piece on PennLive.com. Little plug, never hurts, Bob. So... Uh, yeah, but I, I think Penn State should be locked into a, a New Year Six Bowl, and we'll see. We'll see where they end up. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.